Hello everyone and welcome to the podcast, Paul's 50 years of sporting memories. In this podcast, I will talk about my favourite sporting memories over the past 50 years with my good friend Glenn. It covers a wide range of sports and the triumphs and heartaches along the way. In each episode, we will go back in time to talk about my memories from a particular year. This is Paul Tonner. Welcome to this episode of Paul's 50 Years of Sporting Memories. I hope you are well and have had a great sporting week. How's your sporting week been, Glenn? We're back. Yeah, we're back. We're back in action. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, but it's certainly been I've missed you. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> had, the, had a few life things, life things to work out. Hey, I forgot. I've got a few things here for you. Some. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, Easter time. Easter We've got time. a couple of Easter eggs for you. Yeah, okay. Then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But but the old, the, the old weather lately, it's for water sports, isn't it? Oh, it's diabolical, isn't it? <laughs> all this, yeah. all, all, all this rain. Yeah. We've had, so unfortunately, I haven't been able to do much this week with all the rain. I just mm. sit, um, sit inside and watch some old comedy shows. We'll have to do a rain yeah. dance, I think. <laughs> a, dry, a dry dance. Yeah. But, but but when you look at the weather radar, it just shows that the rain's all over us. Oh, yeah. 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 The, the rest of the place is dry. Yeah, well, I had a swim in the pool before and I've never seen it that full. Yeah. It was nice in there, though. Yeah. I love swimming in the rain. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I'm an idiot. Well, well, it's the water anyway. You still get wet. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, but otherwise it's been fairly quiet. And yeah. We've had a big summer of sport that's gone past and so much has happened. And yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it still continues with the, the, the covert that. You know, like the rugby league players now going from the rugby, the Queensland-based rugby league teams mm. going to play their matches in Sydney. Yeah, it was play. the other way around yeah, last year. Yeah, wasn't it? so yeah, yeah, who knows what twenty-one, <laughs> the is going to bring. Yeah, that's right. It's an, it's an ongoing, ongoing saga. Yeah, I thought it'd be pretty much nearly over by now, but. Yeah. It's just going on and on and on and on yeah. and on, isn't it? Yeah. I didn't get to any cricket matches this season. No. Yeah, just no chance. And also, that they weren't really advertised. No. There wasn't really the promotion for them. Oh, 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 yeah, I just see pictures of yeah you know, one of our our friends at, at, at the at the. Either in Metricom on the Gold Coast or up in Brisbane. Oh, mm. they're at the cricket. Yeah. Never thought. Yeah, I think it's like reduced numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Like they were doing that with the test match, you know. And yeah. Uh, yeah, that was disappointing, you know. Australia just played terribly. Yeah. Yeah, full credit to India, though. They had all those players injured and. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, they're still too good. We, yeah, we were really disappointing. Yeah. And, yeah, I can't see us winning the Ashes next summer. Yeah. When the 
Om's coming up. Because the thing is, they've played. They're going to be playing non-stop cricket for the next year. We won't have. We won't be playing any games. Yeah. Yep. Oh, so we yeah, because can't travel over. Mm. Well, we're supposed to go and tour South Africa. That was, uh, I think, last month. Yeah. That was called off. Yeah. Because they had an outbreak out there. Yeah. Um, But Pakistan still go over there. They're playing over there at the moment. Yeah. So I don't know. I think it's going to come back and bite them big time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so. new, it's very strange what's going on. Yeah. Mm. So we'll see what happens because the um, the GC six hundred is net. Well, they're saying it's going to be on this year, but instead of mm. being on on it in October, it's now more towards Christmas. Oh, really? Yeah. Jeez. So. And, and even last year, that they still had a fair few races, mm. but just not on the GC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was a big blow to the. Would have been a big blow to the tourism industry. Yeah, yeah. Here, eh? Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. So I think they're doing the same with the Australian Grand Prix, aren't they? Or the Formula One? They're putting it on later in the year. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, mm. they're, they're hoping that. It'll, you know, the, the large majority of the people will be vaccinated and yeah, and they'll be all under control, hopefully, but mm. who knows? I still think the Olympics are going to go ahead in a few months, so yeah. <laughs> I just, yeah. you know, I'll shake my head at that. Yeah, well, you know, yeah. they've, they've, they've spent all that money and mm. all, all that. Well, if they keep on delaying it, they'll be having two... Two Olympics in the one year. Yeah, the way things are going. Yeah, yeah definitely. Mm. So, yeah, but, uh, you know, like with, with, with the people travelling there and and you know, people coming back after the Olympics, to, it, it's in Japan this year, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Mm. Yeah, so there's there's not going to be the mm. the generation of income from tourism because yeah. The, apparently, the Olympics are very expensive to host. Oh, extremely expensive! But in the but, billions and billions. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but apparently they they, it's like a big promotion. Mm. They, they get that back in tourism only before, like it's supposed to get tourism coming before the Olympics, during the Olympics, and after the Olympics. Yeah, you know, like when the um. Commonwealth Games was on the announced. We mm. had a heap of people come over from overseas to oh the Gold Coast. Yeah, never heard of that place. That yeah, mm. the Olympics is not for another. The, sorry, the Commonwealth Games is not for another six or so years. Yeah, let's go and see what it's like. Yeah, so they go and visit, mm. and they, oh yeah, this is nice. We'll come back. They come back for the the games, and yeah. then they. Come back more often. Do you know, it was three years ago, the Commonwealth Games were on here. Yeah. How quick as that guy. Oh, yeah. Unbelievable, eh? And, the, and there's some big swimming event. Oh, yeah, Australian Championships are on. Yeah, at, at, at the Southport Pools. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if that's a lead-up to the, uh, the Games. Yes. Yeah. yeah, qualifying. Because oh, they, gosh, they're not doing it again, are they? Yeah. yeah I thought they would have learnt their lesson by now. Yeah. Yeah, because 
this has been the problem while Australians, while, while we haven't done nowhere near as good in swimming as we've expected yeah. in recent Olympics because we'll have our trials several months out before the Games yeah. instead of just, you know, two weeks before the Olympics like the Americans. Yeah. You know, and when it gets to the ga- the actual competition at the Olympics, the yeah. Americans just blast us away. Yeah. You know, because we, we, we just don't peak in time. Yeah. But also the... Over the last year or so, they haven't had the competitions that they would normally go to. Mm. So yeah, all they've had to be able to do is train and train. That's right. They haven't had, you know, I think there was quite a few competitions leading up to the trials. Mm. So they got to know. Yeah. Yeah, but um, it is what it is. That's right. I, <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't be going there because those just takes one person to get it. And yeah, yeah. But, you know, the, the, the the grandstand is up high, and it's poor. Yeah, it's mm. built. It's built well, but I, I, you wouldn't get me up there. Oh yeah, the ones yeah, yeah. just on the. But it's just strange on how they're putting that many seats up that will probably sell out because people are looking. For entertainment to go and do stuff. Mm. Oh, but it's outdoors. But that you know, a couple of weeks ago they went and cancelled the blues festival in Byron Bay. Yeah, the day before, just because of one case. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's it, the, there's no pattern to this. There's no regulation to this. Yeah. It's sort of oh no, and then and then they go the blame game. Oh, mm. because it was a guy from. Queensland, well, yeah. yeah, all these people had flown in, and yeah, you know, you know. Like, I, I hope the 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 promoters and the people that put that festival on didn't lose too much, yeah. But th- there has to be some certainty about yeah. it. That, that okay, if you've got, you either go. There's no events until everyone's vaccinated, mm. then it's all back on. Yeah, that's a good idea. But but, yeah. but but if you have an event like the Blues Festival in Byron Bay, you can't have it where the government causes off the, the day before. Mm. Well, this is what they did with the Formula One yeah. here in Melbourne last year. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like it was like a, a few hours beforehand. Yeah. No, no. And they called it off. Yeah. And, uh, you know... It, People flowing in from all over the world, and yeah, yeah. But but I believe that that if you if they want to do that, they sort of go radio. Everyone that goes to the festival, you have a test on the way in. Yeah, you go to the festival, you you stay at the festival, yeah. and then. When you leave the festival, you go back to your home and you isolate. And you wear a mask. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How simple is that? Yeah. It still allows for the festival to go ahead, mm. the musicians to make money. Yeah. Because with a lot of festivals, the, the, the musicians playing can actually be paid up two years in advance. Is that right? So the promoters have laid out all this money... Yeah. Like Blues on Broad Beach, which is at the end of next month, 
the people playing this year were paid two years ago. Mm. They should have performed last year. Yeah. So they're still going, well, I've got, I'm obligated to, to play. Mm. But, you know, these promoters are out a lot of money. Oh, yeah. And I don't think there'd be any insurance against... I don't think there would be either. Yeah. Because there's a... Well, there's, there's insurance against certain things like major disaster that... Yeah. That caused the closure, but I don't think the insurance would cover it mm. with a pandemic, with yeah. the virus. Well, this is like with last year, like, uh, you know, with the tennis grand slams. Yeah. Yeah, apart from uh, Wimbledon, they all went ahead. Yeah. You know, because, yeah, Wimbledon was fully insured. Yeah. So, you know, the US Open, French Open, yeah. all went ahead, you know, yeah. yeah. No crowds, yeah. pretty much. Anyway, yeah. that's enough of the negative. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's move on so the, yeah. our listeners aren't falling asleep about yeah. Well, this episode covers the sporting memories of a very big year. It was a huge year in Australian history. Yeah. The year 1988. And, yeah, I've really been looking forward to doing this uh, episode on this year. Yeah. Because there was just so many... Uh, yeah, wonderful memories. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, what, what was your memories of 1988, Glenn? Well, my biggest memory was Expo 88. Yeah, exactly. Because that, I came up with a mate of mine from the village I lived in mm. and we stayed on a luxury yacht at Sanctuary Cove. Yeah. That had, at the time, they had a, a German brewery there. Yeah. So we went up there, we, you know, we went to Expo, I think about four times during the week. And, and there was, on the Tuesday, they said, oh, don't go, on, don't go to Expo on Tuesday, because that's their busiest day. So yeah. they thought, okay, we'll stay at Sanctuary Cove and go to the German beer yeah. brewery. That's what we did. There was no one at the brewery except us and the manager, the guy that owns it. And we just sat outside yeah. talking to the to the guy that owned the brewery and drinking German beer all day long. <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah, yeah, it was a great year and oh, yeah, yeah, there's just so much happening and mm. and that, that year, yeah. Yeah, well, that, that was one thing you remember with Expo. Like, I, I went, I was living in, you know, in the Blue Mountains then. Like, I was in yeah. year 11, would have been 17 years of age. And, yeah. yeah, one of my sisters was living in Brisbane, really close to the city. So, yeah, I flew up on the plane and yeah. I think it was the first time I'd ever been on a plane by myself. Oh, yeah. And I remember mum and dad wrote down instructions point by point <laughs> of what I had to do from the time I left the house yeah. to getting on the train, yeah. where I had to go to get the bus, <laughs> yeah. where I had to, what I had to do at the airport. And, oh, yeah, because yeah. yeah, Sydney's a big air, air, oh, yeah. airport. Yeah. And, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I remember just walking in there every day and, into like well, it's where the present South Bank is. Yeah, and yeah, that's all you remember—the crowds and the pavilions. Oh, yeah. and I've actually got some photos here, so that's me and yeah. 
What's that bridge that goes over to towards the museum there? Well, the, the one that they've got now. Yeah. Um, I forget its name. They call it the Green Bridge, is it? Yeah, I think so. Because it's only it's only used for people walking. Yeah. There's no traffic on there. Mm. So that was a picture yeah. of me and it's <laughs> not a very clear one. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, what, 33 years ago. Yeah, Gee, time flies, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Back on back on there, there was um, Brisbane's main FM radio B one hundred four point one, and 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 they were they were broadcasting live from the expo, yeah, all the time, and the fireworks at night time, and yeah, that's and the right. music going on, and well, it went from about April to October, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, I've just got photos of Brisbane, you know, Queen Street Mall. Yeah. Uh, Town Hall, you know, the big clock tower there. And, yeah. Um, yeah, photos of the expo from a distance. From a distance. Yeah. It? <laughs> yeah. It's fallen apart, this photo album. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I've got, like, inside the pavilions. Yeah. Each, there was – each country had a – a different pavilion, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, countries from all over the world yeah. put on a display. And yeah. yeah. There, do you remember the rides at Expo? Um, oh well, I can see them there now. Mm. I don't. I don't think we went on any rides because the mate I came up with, he wasn't into yeah. that sort of stuff and. We just wanted to be able to get up and and try all the different beers from different countries and and that. And just well, some of the countries, you know, like Germany and oh, America, like they're the queues to get into those pavilions. Uh, yeah, <laughs> You'd wait all day. Uh, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, well, that was like um, we went up one one day and the American queue. Mm. Was really large, and all the other ones were virtually empty. Yeah. So by the time we went through and walked through a heap of the others, the American one went quiet. <laughs> then we just walked in there and walked around there. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Because everyone went to the um, went to the American pavilion first, mm. so they got packed out. Well, I've got some photos here of the uh, the on street entertainment. Yeah. So it's like some. Guys dressed up like Mexicans and the Mexican hats and guitars singing and yeah, yeah. There you go. Brings back a lot of good memories, yeah, eh? Yeah, sure does. Oh. Oh. <laughs> good catch. <laughs> yeah. One other thing uh, from 1988 that was a, really stands out are the tall ships. I, Do you remember yeah. the tall ships? Yeah. Yeah. Because that was also a bicentenary year. That's right. It's 200 years since Australia was, uh, but, yeah. yeah, first, well, white, pe- white settlement, yeah. yeah. I was actually talking to, a, there was um, a series on SBS, which I never knew about, and so I mm. spoke to, actually spoke to the mate that I went to Expo with, and it, 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 was, it was done by... Um, Oh, the New Zealand actor. Oh, 
Um, was it Sam Neill? Yeah. Yep. And uh, about Captain Cook. Mm. And um, about going through and and seeing, you know, discovering all the stuff that he did. Yeah. And then when he got up to Cooktown, before they got to Cooktown, they ran a ship, they ran aground on um, on the Great Barrier Reef. Yeah. They put a hole in the boat. And to get the boat off the the reef, mm. they had to throw all the cannons overboard. Oh, really? To loosen, to um, to lose to lose the weight to lose the weight so they could float. Yeah. And the big chunk of coral stayed and plugged the boat. Yeah. So they continued travelling north, and um, they went to land in one area. But they couldn't work that they couldn't. But apparently where they land in Cooktown yep. was actually a sacred site for mm. Aborigines. Right. That was there was to be no violence there. Yeah. So when they landed, they had no weapons. Mm. So the Aborigines could have wiped them out. Yeah. But because where they landed, it was a sacred site. There That's was right to, up the very top of Australia. Yeah, isn't it? that there was to be no violence in mm. that sacred site. Jeez. It's amazing, isn't it? So, yeah, the whole history mm. could have been totally different. Oh, yeah. From where they landed. Mm. And, of course, we, you know, we recognise Australians, Aborigines as, the, as a landholders. Yeah. 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 Yeah, well, uh, there was a lot of demonstrations in 1988 too, wasn't there? Yeah. From the Aboriginal marches. Yeah. Yeah. It was, to them it was like a day of sorrow. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I got a photo of a cricket day-night game that I went to in early 1988. <laughs> there you go, New Zealand and Sri Lanka. <laughs> Yeah, that's probably the main things I remember. Yeah. You know, I remember the day on Australia Day, there was just huge celebrations, you know. Yeah. The nation stopped and just the number of boats yeah. on Sydney Harbour, yeah. you know, just yeah. as far as the eye could see and all the crowds around the – Yeah. On the foreshore there. I, yeah, that was mm. – you know, there was so much celebration all through the country and there was so many – the government was giving out money left, right, and centre for pro- yeah. projects to that's right. Set up to celebrate. Mm. Well, I, I remember that song on TV where they got all, you know, famous Aussies like Johnny Farnham. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's make it great in '88. Come on, give us a hand. Do you remember that one? Yeah. And do you remember the bicentennial number plates? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the very first car I learnt to drive on. Um, yeah. Had a bicentennial number plate. Yeah, that's in two hundred B. Yeah, my 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 father wanted to get to get to get them for all of us, mm. but to have them personalised. Yeah, and I said to him, "You've actually got to buy personalised plates." Yeah, and then have that changed over mm. to the bicentennial. So that'd be worth a bit of money now, wouldn't they? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 
Okay, so we're going to go on to the quiz questions now for this episode. And the questions relate to the year 1988. And the answers will be revealed near the end of the episode. So, question number one. Right, here we go. Now, <laughs> we haven't had the quiz for a while. <laughs> Hang on. My computer skipped a page. Background. Here we are. Right, number one. What was the name of the female sailor who became the first woman to sail solo non-stop around the world? What was the name of the female sailor who became the first woman to sail solo non-stop around the world? Right, question two. What was the name of the Aussie golfer who won a playoff against American Fred Couples to win the $1.5 million Bicentennial Classic at Royal Melbourne? What was the name of the Aussie golfer who won a playoff against American Fred Couples to win the $1.5 million Bicentennial Classic at Royal Melbourne? So that was probably the biggest golf tournament to ever to ever be to ever have been staged in Australia, yeah, yeah just about all the yeah. top American golfers came out, yeah. yeah, where generally they don't, you know, because yeah. it's too far away and it, you know, that because of that doesn't suit that, you know, with their fit in with their tour. Yeah. Uh, third question: Aussie boxing legend Jeff Fennick won his third world title in 1988 when he defeated Victor Collegius of Puerto Rico. What WBC weight division did he win this fight in? So this is a multiple choice. So was it A, bantamweight, B, middleweight, C, featherweight? Okay. Boxer Iron Mike Tyson. Question four now. We've got another boxing question. Boxer Iron Mike Tyson knocked out which boxer in 91 seconds in the world heavyweight title? So American listeners will <laughs> they'll be able to remember this. I remember it because uh, I was at school at the time. Yeah. <laughs> when I found out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Boxer Mike Tyson knocked out which boxer in 91 seconds in the world heavyweight title. He was certainly at his peak then. Yeah. Okay. So just uh, looking at the year in review. So as we've mentioned, yeah, the bicentenary celebration. So it's 200 years since the arrival of the first fleet of British and convict ships at, a, at Sydney. They landed in Sydney Harbour. So they, they were going to land in Botany Bay, weren't they? They landed there and they didn't like it, so they went uh, around to well, they, Port it, Jackson. Yeah, that's mm. it. yeah, that, that, they couldn't get access to the the land. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So with the huge celebrations in Sydney Harbour, the tall ships, the Aboriginal protests, and there was also a new Parliament House that opened in Canberra. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, certainly a big improvement on the first one. <laughs> Still there today, the first one, but it's just like a, a art gallery now, isn't it? Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, well, I actually just finished watching a, a, mm. a series. Um, what's it? Cod Rake. Yep. 
And the last series was he was this he was this solicitor that was a bit off the rails. Yeah, and he became a senator. Oh, okay. And um, apparently there was a yeah you know, senator in camp, a senator in Australian government. Anyway, the um, there was a a terrorist scare in the parliament in the new parliament house mm. and they all had to move back into the old parliament house oh really <laughs> <laughs> and, and and there was a big um there was a big tent put over the new parliament house because it was a chemical scare yeah and all that but yeah. they were just talking about mm. actually um Imploding the building and rebuilding, yeah, rebuilding the new parliament house again. Have you, have you been in the, the new parliament house? Well, it's not really new now, it's like over 30 years old. I haven't been up there, but, yeah. I, but I was in Canberra one winter doing a training and I was bored. I went for I, I did a couple of laps around there, yeah. And I actually drove drove up to the to the um front door, one of the doors. Mm. And I look at in, and there was this security guard standing outside in the freezing cold. I thought, yeah. What are you doing out here? <laughs> and no one in their right mind except me is out in the yeah. outside. But oh, it's an impressive structure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love going to Canberra. I haven't been there oh, since oh, for about 15 years, but yeah. just going to the War Memorial and yeah, yeah the galleries there and. Yeah, it's just great. Yeah, so yeah, I was um, in year 11. I got my driver's licence on the 1st of December, yeah. 1988. <laughs> and I worked at Kmart part-time and I couldn't stand it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, didn't like it at all. It was a different Kmart back then, you know. So what was it like to get your licence, as in your L's or your P's? That was my piece, yeah. yeah. But it was one of those days when, because I, I, I really struggled learning the drive. Yeah, just hopeless, absolutely hopeless. Did you have to do it? Did you have to do it for the police station or the RTA? Well, I remember I had a driving instructor, yeah. you know, leading up to it, and she was real cranky, you know. Yeah. Um. But I guess you've got to be, you know. But geez, she she was good. Yeah. And the day that I did my test, <laughs> it was like, yeah, I passed with flying colours. Yeah. Because there was hardly any traffic on the road. Yeah. It was early in the morning, not a yeah. cloud in the sky. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, yeah, well, I grew up in the country and yeah. to do my test, I just drove down to the local police station and mm. all he did was get me to drive around the block. Is that right? And that was it. And yeah. So where were, where were you then? Well, the the police station I went to was Lauriton. Yeah. I was still in Lake Carlisle. Mm. But it was either going to the bigger town of Port Macquarie. Yeah. Or, um, or go down to Lauriton, which the policemen down there actually knew my whole family. Yeah. So we'd all gone through and got the licence <laughs> from them because it, even when my older brother got his car licence yeah. and, and and then he applied for his motorbike licence 
Mm. So he, he he rang up the police station. He said, oh, can I come down to have me test mm. for me bike licence? By the time he rode down there, the policeman already had it written out mm. on the desk. He's going yeah, yeah. to him and, and Alan goes, aren't you going to test me? Mm. And the and the police officer goes, well, you got down here, did you fall off? <laughs> and Alan goes, no. Nah. Well, he said, we'll see. <coughs> you can ride. So there's your, yeah. there's your, um, mm. your license. Yeah. And, and it was just round the block for me. Yeah. And actually, because I had to have the test at Lauriton, but then I had to drive out to Wyatt, which was northwest of Oh, Lauriton. yeah, I've heard of Wyatt. Yeah. And just before this, uh, like, bending area, yeah, I was driving there and a truck came past the other way and smashed my windscreen. Oh, really? Absolutely, with this big rock. Yeah. And, and there was sort of... Probably about a hundred meters further mm. was a was a cliff, yeah. And I could not see anything, but I calmly pulled off the side of the road yeah. enough to um to, to to be safe, so then I could get rid of the glass. Mm. And then um all the, these ambulances were, were stopping. Yeah. To make sure I was okay. And, oh, okay. And people were amazed on how, how far I got myself off the road. Because my windscreen was just shattered. I yeah. could not see a thing out of it. Oh, jeez. And I just happened to do it so calmly. Yeah. But in my first week of getting my peas, yeah. not only did I have the windscreen, the windscreen gets smashed. I had two tyres blow out. Oh, no, really? For no reason at all. Jeez. <laughs> I'd just be driving along and bang. And, and, uh, and well, that's that. the thing. When you get your peas, you know, you just sort of – it's a celebration of independence in yeah. a way, isn't it? I thought your after, first week you've got to put up with that. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, broken windscreen and then two blown out tyres for yeah. no reason. Like, Jeez. <laughs> Welcome to driving. I know. I thought, mm. well, if this is my first week – if this is my first yeah. week of driving, what's it going to be like for yeah. the, the rest of my time? <laughs> but, so I think I got on my bed like in the first week. Yeah. yeah. So what about music and films in 1988, Glenn? Yeah, well, yeah, I always liked my films and that. And and one of the great ones that I still watch today is Dirt, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Oh, yep. John that, Cleese and... No, no um, that one? Michael Caine. Yep. And Steve Martin. Oh, yep. When, when That's that, right. Yeah, uh, I know the one. Yeah, that, yeah. I, I still watch that and it's still a classic. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's a funny one. And, yeah, you know, the, well, back in the 80s, it was always... So much music coming out. Yeah. Die Hard, which I've always been a Die Hard fan. Mm. And I've watched all the, got all the movie series of Die Hard and Crocodile Dundee 2, which was, which is a bit of a disappointment yeah. though, compared to the yeah. first one. Yeah, they but, normally always are, the sequels, yeah, but, aren't they? But, but yeah, I agree. Yeah. I actually watched the um, Jim Carrey show, Jim Carrey I'm Dumb and Dumber too. Yeah, I watched that on the weekend, and for a, for a second one, I reckon it was funnier than oh, the first. Oh, was it? One. Yeah, yeah. 
I was really having a good old mm. chuckle to myself. <laughs> yeah, and of course, um, don't worry, be happy, Bobby Brown. Right. Yeah. That, that, that just got played to death. Oh, yeah, you, did you, it what? You, oh. You'd hear it on every radio station and mm. and back in the 80s. The the dirty Dancing, well, that got played to death, Yeah, that soundtrack. Oh, my God. Because we, we also had, I think every channel had their own music show in the morning on mm. weekends and you doesn't matter what show you flipped on to, you saw Bobby Fern and yeah. Don't Worry Be Happy in. Here's a one-hit wonder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then that went on to being a catchphrase that people would use. Oh, don't worry, be happy, and you yeah. just feel like strangling. Them. Like, <laughs> I've, I've heard that song enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fast Car by Tra- Tracy Chapman. She came out. Yeah. Um, I remember seeing Foreign Alive in concert, the Sydney Entertainment Centre. Yeah. Oh, they were fantastic. Yeah, yeah. no, it was. Um, the Last Emperor was another movie yeah. that year. And Child's Play. Oh, yep. Chucky. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> One of the first, first yeah. horror movies. Were there any other events in 1988 that I'm thinking of? Well, there was a bicentenary yeah. and um, I remember Australia went on a really controversial, we might talk about it later on, but yeah, yeah that they toured Pakistan. Yeah. And these were the days before they, you know, they had neutral umpires. And, oh, man, <laughs> like, <laughs> you had no chance of winning in places like that because yeah. with home umpires, you know, they yeah. <laughs> yeah, those corrupt ass. Yeah. I, I thought international m- matches had, had to have umpires from – yeah. Countries. yeah, well, back then they didn't. Yeah. It was just the home umpires. And when you uh, went to places, especially Pakistan, yeah. you know, like uh, who just wouldn't give an LBW, you know, Australia nearly very close to packing their bags and coming home. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, th- thankfully things have changed since then. And, and actually, yeah, cricket's back in Pakistan again. Yeah. They, since, well, it was a uh, terrorist attack in... 2009, Sri Lankan team was nearly killed. Yeah, yeah. some of their players were seriously injured, and yeah. Um, yeah, so they've had to play all their home test matches and one days and 2020 in Dubai. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, in United Arab Emirates for the yeah. last oh, ten years or so. But no, they're back playing some test matches. Th- there now, so oh, yeah. yeah, that's really good because they they really deserve it. The people in Pakistan, they're just cricket mad, yeah. you know, and yeah, so it's really really good to see. Because, yeah, I I just I I watch unfortunately I watch very little of the cricket this summer because mm. it was just all on TV on all channels and the, yeah, they were just <coughs> pushing the women's one. <coughs> Same time as the men's and yeah, yeah, it gets it, confusing. Doesn't it, it, it just it's, mm. yeah, it just slow it back down. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And then we come into February and they are oh, oh. yeah, starting back up the the, the rugby league and, and the thought, big bash just went on and on and on yeah. and on and on. And like the um, normally the season's well and truly finished by now, the, the cricket season. But yeah. they 
They still haven't played the Shield final. Haven't they? No, they still haven't played the one-day final, yeah. you know, the state between the states. Yeah. It's normally well and truly done, you know, towards the end of March and we're into April, so, yeah, it's all been pushed back this year. But yeah. one thing that gets me really cranky is, you know, just seeing uh, some of our top players just not turn out for their states. Yeah. You know, we're... Back in the old days, like, you know, the 80s and the 90s, yeah. you know, they'd always turn up and play shield cricket. Yeah. Yeah. Now they sort of just pick. It's like they just select what games they want to play. Yeah. yeah. And if you're a batsman, there's no excuse why you can't play, you know. Yeah. You know, full credit to uh, Marnus Lubbershay. Yeah. He always makes himself available to play for Queensland. And yeah. That's why they're going to win the shield this year. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we're up to our athlete profile now. So the biggest name in Aussie sport in 1988 was Aussie swimmer Duncan Armstrong. So he was born in April, on April the 7th, 1968 in Rockhampton, Queensland. And he was a former world record holder, won gold and silver at the Seoul Olympics in 1988. So 1988 was an Olympics year. So that's one of my main memories of 1988 with the Seoul Olympics in Korea, South Korea. And they were known as the drug the drug and scandal games, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll talk a bit about it later on. Uh, yeah, so he began swimming, swimming when he was age five and his family was convinced of his potential in swimming, so they moved to Brisbane when he was a teenager where he was coached by Laurie Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you ever go on YouTube, I'll, I'll put it on the on the page. Yeah. Laurie Lawrence celebrating when Duncan Armstrong won yeah. the gold medal yeah. at the two hundred meters in at Seoul, yeah. like against the absolute star-studded field. Yeah. Like when he went into the Olympics, he was ranked forty something in the world. Duncan Armstrong for the two hundred meters freestyle, yeah. and he got into the final. And he had, like, four world record holders in that race. Yeah. And he beat them. And I'll, I'll never forget that race. Just, yeah. yeah, just how he just stormed home. And, yeah, the, the guy who was the favourite, Matt Biondi, yeah, really massive American guy, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, he just rode his wave for the last 25 metres because yeah. he was in the lane next to him. Yeah. Armstrong rode his wave and... <laughs> <laughs> like he was body body surfing, body surfing. <laughs> yeah. And Laurie Lawrence is just going berserk. Yeah. yeah. Where's the animal? Where's the animal? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he also attended the University of Florida, and he made his international swimming debut at the 1986 Embra Com- Commonwealth Games. And won four hundred, won the four hundred meters title, and was a member of the four by two hundred meters relay that won gold. So yeah, he was ranked forty sixth in the world coming into the Olympics. Unbelievable. And yeah, just um, he also beat German swimmer Michael Gross. He was another world record holder in that event, and uh, just a really likable character, Duncan Armstrong. Yeah, so he became a expert swimming commentator as well. 
Yeah, and he has still does. He still still is today. He had a health scare in recent years. Yeah, yeah. I think it was last year. Yeah, he got rushed to hospital, and I think it was a problem with his heart. I'm pretty sure he's he's fine now, thankfully. Yeah. yeah, and he was awarded Young Australian of the Year in 1988, and he's been inducted into the Queensland Sports Hall Australia Hall of Fame, the Sport Australia Hall of Fame, and International Swimming Hall of Fame. So yeah, and he went very close to winning the 400 meters at those Seoul Olympics. Oh, yeah. yeah, just just narrowly lost. Yeah, but he smashed the world record in the 200 meters. Yeah, yeah. So what happened in motorsport in 1988, Glenn? Oh well, yeah, a busy year like others. The 72, uh, the 72. Indianapolis 500 was held mm. yeah, in India. The Indiapolis, India, what a, India, uh, India, it's a tongue twister, yeah, isn't yeah. it? India, oh, I can't say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, that happened. Yeah. It's a great race, though, because yeah. it goes right around a big round track. Yeah. And, uh, Ricky, Rick Mears wins. Yeah. yeah. Incredible speed. Yeah. Uh, mm. They're definitely, they're definitely in the, um, in the, in the class of their own. The old motorsports. Oh yeah, we've got the the Formula One Frenchman, Alain Prost, cruised the victory in the Australian Grand Prix at Adelaide. Yeah. Yeah. So that that, that I went to the first Grand Prix <laughs> in Adelaide. For um. Oh, did you? Yeah, it was sad that they took it away from there, yeah, wasn't yeah, it? It, it, yeah. it? It it shouldn't have gone because real realistically, that the Grand Prix that 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 was Adelaide really only big events, mm, major exactly. events, and, ha- yeah. and ha- have it go to Melbourne where they have mm. plenty of large events. Oh yeah, well but, it's the home of Australian sport, isn't it? Really, but what's going to happen now? Yeah, because of all these people mm. moving out of Victoria. Yeah, like they're either going to test. Now, I re- I reckon Tasmania is going to go underwater, not mm. because of climate change, because there's so many people moving there. Yeah, apparently the the housing down there is more expensive than Brisbane in Tasmania. Sydney. Yeah, so the people yeah. are either going to Tasmania or coming mm. up to Queensland. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, the, the two is Bathurst 100, I mean 1,000. Mm. You know, back in the day when, you know, an alcoholic, not an alcoholic, but a beverage company could advertise. Mm. You know, but that, that's been phased out during the 90s. Yeah. Oh, you can't advertise alcohol on, mm. on TV or, you know. That's right. So yeah, that's you don't see that anymore, do you? Nah. Yeah. Yeah, like Remember the old Tui's ads. I used but to for like how them. long did did did, did Winfield, Winfield cigarettes yeah. advertise? Well, Winfield the was the main league. sponsor of rugby league for years, yeah. wasn't it? That yeah. Decades and decades, mm. and the yeah. money that, that they had to, to put through that. And the Benson and Hedges World Series crop 
cup yeah. with the <laughs> cricket. Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah. back yeah. in the eighties. Yeah, um, Tony mm. Longhurst won. Again. And um, Thomas Mazira. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, a Ford Sierra. Mm. Yeah, so it's interesting on what's going to happen. Yeah, because I was just wa- watching a clip on YouTube l- last week. Mm. Like, even though during 2020 we had, the, and we still have the coronavirus, the sales in in electric vehicles went off the charts. Really? Yeah. Yeah, like Tesla mm. sold more electric vehicles than any other petrol-driven right? manufacturer. Jeez. In a, in a year of lockdown... Yeah, and like the yeah, you know, like the um, other sport, other manufacturers like GMC, which mm. are the big, the big trucks, you know, off road and just generally, mm. they're gonna have a fully electric one. Yeah, that's still big, the size of the petrol ones. Mm. But apparently it's cheaper than it's going to be cheaper than yeah than the Tesla one. Well, I heard they're talking about electric. Um, I heard it on the news, electric planes or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but there's been there's been a solar. You'd want to buckle up. <laughs> there's been a solar plane flying around for years. Yeah. So, um, mm. you know, yeah. so that's all going to change in the future. Yeah. Because I think even Hyundai, they've made a commitment to stop manufacturing combustion engine cars by 2035. Is that right? They're, they're just going to not do them. Yeah, yeah pollution and that. Yeah, yeah. But, but they're committed to just having a range of electric vehicles that, that are affordable Yeah, and just stop it. Mm. Yeah, because that... that They've had um, they've had um, you know electric vehicles growing slowly. Yeah, but they actually a few months ago I watched a, a show with um, with Craig Rucastle from the Chaser. Yeah, and he he drove it was at Eastern Creek right raceway. Yeah, track. And and he went out because they have weekends where you can get a a standard car and have a drag race. Yeah. And there are some standard cars which are well hotted up, mm. and they go and do it every weekend or every time it's on. So oh, okay. Craig had dri- Craig had got this Tesla, mm. and he never driven it before. Never yeah. even gone in a drag race before. Yeah. And he went up against the top guy that races there all the time. Yeah. And the and the crowd was burying in with the Tesla and all that. Yeah. But when the lights went to green, Craig just put his foot down. Yeah. And left the other guy <laughs> just standing there <laughs> like going. The starting one. Yeah. And, <laughs> and and the whole crowd went silent. And, and and Craig said, "Well, I haven't driven this car before. Yeah. I tried this." He said, "I just put my foot down and closed my eyes." And, Gosh, it'd be and interesting that, going on one, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. Just going back to the Formula One, 
with uh, the Frenchman Alain Prost. Yeah. He had a great rivalry with um, Ayrton Senna. Have, have you seen the, the movie Senna? No. Oh, you've got to see it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've, you know, well, I, I, I admire motorsport, but, you know, I don't really follow it as much. But yeah. Oh, yeah, it was fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, just, um, you know, they're both on the same team, McLaren, Mc, uh, McLaren Honda. Yeah. Yeah, but... Oh yeah, just the uh, the rivalry between them. Yeah, yeah, but just the the respect too. Yeah, as well. Yeah, so definitely go and watch that when you get a chance. Yeah, yeah. So we'll look at some other sporting events now from 1988. It was such a huge year in sport. Yeah. Um. So yeah, with the uh, the rugby league. So we had the New South Wales rugby league then. So the NRL hadn't. Come along, but it was the first step into a, uh, a truly national competition. Yeah. So you had four new teams join, and they were the Brisbane Broncos, boo, <laughs> <laughs> which was basically the old, you know, Queensland state of origin side. But yeah. they struggled their first couple of years. Yeah. They um, they didn't make the finals, and yeah. yeah, I think you know around that origin time really yeah. hit them hard. Yeah, because, yeah. um, you know, for about six weeks of the season, yeah, you know, players like Wally Lewis yeah. and Alan Langer and Gene Miles and oh, he'd yeah. go on all day. Yeah, they weren't available to play club football, you know. Yeah, yeah so you also had the Newcastle Knights and the Gold Coast Seagulls. Sorry, it was three teams that joined. Yeah, it was yeah. later on. Yeah, I think it was yeah. uh, 1995, four teams joined. Yeah, it's oh, yeah, yeah, going back a bit yeah. since we've our last episode. Mm. Eddie, um, oh Eddie the Eagle, no, no, the, the chairman of Eddie Maguire. Oh Eddie Maguire, yeah, Collingwood, yeah, yeah. quitting. Yeah, the premier, the, yep. the, the, the um, pre- being the CEO, yeah, the the president, mm. and I, I. I I was up at the sports recovery centre. Yeah. And one of the guys up there, because I was, you know, watching the AFL while I was in the up there in the using the magnesium pills. Mm. And he said, What do you think about it? I think, well the board should keep their fingers out of the pie. Yeah. And just keep the pie warm. <laughs> Not have to do anything about telling coaching or whatever. That sits with their, their yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mascot, that, the magpie, Collingwood yeah, magpie. Yeah, they've just got to let let the team be yeah. the team and the players, mm. coaches and all that, and yeah. the board just has nothing to do with it. Yeah, Jack Gibson, the famous uh, rugby league coach, he always said, you know, the success of a club is always starts from the top. And if you don't have a good board, you don't have a good team. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I agree with you to a point. Yeah, yeah. like um, I remember when Manly was doing really well and they were winning competitions and, um, you know, back in, oh, this would have been 2008, yeah. you know, 2011. Yeah. You know, they've, their board was fighting like cats and dogs. 
Yeah. It was the same with Canterbury in the 80s. But yeah. It stopped them from winning, you know, four yeah. premierships. Yeah, so I remember going to a Parramatta versus Balmain game and, oh, man, it was like Parramatta had a great win. It was really early in the season. Oh. But I'll, I'll never forget Brett Kenny, their star player. Yeah. Yeah, getting a season-ending knee injury right in front of me. Uh, and he was just, oh, he was, you know, just, um, yeah, decimating the, the Balmain defence. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, so, yeah, Parramatta won the match. That was yeah. the end of Brett Kenny's season. Uh, and then the following week, Parramatta got fresh 64-12 by Manly. Uh, and the rest of their season was just a disaster. <laughs> it was the worst season they'd had. In well, since I could remember, you yeah. know, they've always been in the semis pretty much, and yeah, but that was uh, just everything went wrong, you know, mm. injuries to key players, and yeah. But I later in the year, I went to the grand final with a mate, it was the first grand final at the uh, Sydney Football Stadium, which no longer exists, <laughs> they tore it down a few years ago yeah. after 30 years. Um, yeah, it was between Canterbury and Balmain. And, yeah, I remember we had good seats, my mate and I, but just bef- before the kickoff, we, <laughs> we, we, apparently we were sitting in the wrong seats, so we got moved down to these other seats. And, yeah. Yeah, they went crash hot. And, yeah. yeah, but Balmain was a real sentimental favourite that year. You know, they, they um, made a big charge towards the, the grand final and... Yeah. Yeah, Ellery Hanley. Yeah. He was their star player from England. Oh, yeah. Ellery eats celery. Ellery. <laughs> <laughs> and they had this fanatical um, supporter. His name was Laurie Nichols. Yeah. And I used to see him on the train, you know, on my way to school because he, he lived in the Blue Mountains oh, yeah. like I did. And, and, you know, it'd be freezing cold in the middle. You know, he'd go on kangaroo tours to England and it'd be like minus five, and he'd be wearing his singlet top. And so they call it the Blue Mountains because most of the year you are blue. Yeah, because <laughs> it's that cold. Oh, it didn't stop him. He'd be, he'd just wear his singlet top. Yeah, yeah, twenty four hours a day. And yeah, yeah. I actually saw him just before he passed away. Actually, at the cricket, I was watching a cricket match at North Sydney Oval in the end of nineteen ninety nine, and yeah. I remember seeing. You, know, you always see him around for some reason, yeah. you know. He was just a fanatical supporter. But, oh, yeah, Balmain Tigers was his, was his life and and he used to do his shadow boxing. Yeah. And, you know, he had names for all his players. Wayne Pierce, he's so fierce. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Sirenin, Ciro Hero. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, uh, oh, he was a real character. Yeah, but yeah, Canterbury went on to win twenty four to twelve. Queensland won the state of origin, but I remember the second match was marred by spectators at Lang Park throwing lots and lots of beer cans onto the field after Wally Lewis was sent to the sin bin. Yeah, and Hawthorne won the AFL premiership by a mile, defeating Melbourne by ninety six points. Yeah. And yeah, the Seoul Olympics. So, yeah, just all the scandals and they were known as, known as the scandals and doping games. And it was the first time since 1976 where um, at, 
at the nineteen seven yeah since the nineteen seventy six Olympic Games where the USA and the Soviet Union competed at the same games because yeah in previous games well four years earlier they were in Los Angeles in America where the Soviet Union boycotted and when the Olympics were in Moscow in nineteen eighty America boycotted so. Yeah, so I remember Debbie Flintoff-King, the Australian runner, winning gold in the 400 metres hurdles in a photo finish. And the women, <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> and the women's hockey team won gold, but, yeah, just Duncan Armstrong winning that gold medal in the 200 metres freestyle in the pool and Laurie Lawrence going nuts, that just stood out. Yeah. I remember it was school holidays at the time. And oh, Channel 10 had the broadcast rights. Yeah. And they had this commercial on. And it, fair dinkum. If, if you had a dollar for every time this commercial was on, yeah. <laughs> you'd be a millionaire because yeah. they just played it non stop. Yeah. And it was, uh, yeah, like it. I don't blame you for liking it. We love it. Yeah. <laughs> And they used to take the piss out of it in the newspaper and yeah. I think it was for a car, I think. Yeah. I'll have to see if I can – I was going to look it up, see if I could find it on YouTube, but oh, it used to drive everyone insane. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah. And Canadian sprinter Ben Johnson, he was stripped of his 100 metres gold medal and sent home in disgust after testing positive to anabolic steroids. There's always that image of him in, at the starting line, you know, just built like a, a tank, you know, yeah. <laughs> and just, yeah, he, you know, his main rival was Carl Lewis and, and he won easy, you know, he broke the world record, smashed it and, yeah, but Lewis ended up being given the gold medal because he came in second and, but you always had a feeling he was, he was on the steroids. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, but I think they found out years later that most of the runners, pretty much all the runners in that race, just about, yeah. were taking performance-enhancing drugs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, US female sprinter Florence Griffith Joyner. Flojo was a nickname. She smashed world records at the track in the 100 metres, 200 metres, and these records still stand today. So... It was 10.49 seconds for the 100 metres, 21.34 seconds for the 200 metres. Yeah. So, but there was a lot of suspicion about her dramatic improvement over a short period of time. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so an example was she took 0.47 seconds off her 100 metres under a year. Yeah. 0.62 seconds. It was a 0.62 second improvement. In the 200 metres. Yeah. So in sprinting events like that, that's a huge difference. Yeah. You know? Like you think 0.62 isn't much, yeah. but it is like, you know, <laughs> yeah. when, you, when you're a sprinter. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, there was a lot of suspicion about that. But I remember she had those really long fingernails. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and she retired from the sport a year later. So yeah. that, you know, once again... There's a lot of suspicion there. Yeah. After, after it was announced that um, a mandatory random drug testing would be introduced. But she died only 38 years of age. Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah, it was from a epileptic seizure. Yeah, she had epilepsy. Yeah. Yeah, so I remember later in the year, the West Indies toured Australia in cricket. They thrashed the Aussies in the tests. Mm. They were destroyed by the West Indies quicks, mainly Kirtley Ambrose. And, uh, yeah, they fought back in the last two tests. And But I remember Steve Waugh deciding he'd just had enough of being bashed up by the West Indian quicks. And, yeah. and you know, he's, he's like, he was just a medium pace bowler. You know, yeah. he was mainly a batsman, but yeah. back then he was classified as an all, he was good all-rounder. Yeah. And, um, and he used to bowl a fair bit back then. And he, he just started bowling bounces to them. <laughs> he uh, started bowling bounces to Viv Richards and uh, the great Viv Richards and, yeah. So yeah, I think they just drew, drew a line in the sand and, nah, we've had enough of this. Yeah. And, yeah, I remember watching a one-dayer in Sydney with some friends and it was this was a, just a classic match. Yeah. The West Indies won by one run. Yeah, West Indies batted first, got 220. Australia fell short, getting 209. They needed about two runs off the final ball to win. Yeah. And Craig McDermott's hit it straight to Viv Richards. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> just in front of us, you know, and I'm thinking, oh, bugger. Yeah. But, yeah, I remember, uh, you know, remember, have you ever been to the cricket with the Mexican waves? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this was, these were the days where it first started off. And... Uh, Part of the entertainment was just sitting in the crowd, yeah. you know. And there was a guy called Dave, and he stood up, and he was sitting next to us, and he goes, "Hello, everyone. I want your attention. My name's Dave the Wave, and we're all going to start a Mexican wave." Yeah. <laughs> we started it, and next thing you know, for about half an hour, it's just gone berserk yeah. all around the yeah. stadium. I, 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 I was, I was down watching. A game between South Africa and Australia. Yeah. And one of the um he, he played for Australia. Yeah. Mike Whitney. Oh yeah. yeah. He he came on the PA system and he said, Well, yeah. we don't want the Mexican wave. Mm. And no one had done really? it. But until after he said that, we yeah. don't want the Mexican wave, then the Mexican wave started. Jeez. And it and it went around the crowd, but then yeah. when, it, when it got to the members, yeah, they just they stand, wouldn't do it. They wouldn't do it. Then there, was, <laughs> then was, there was a boo boo at the members' stand, like boo, and then it, it yeah. would start again on the other side. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was funny. Yeah, yeah. just you know that one bloke who was sitting next to us, and he yeah. just got oh, fifty thousand people <laughs> doing this big wave. Yeah. yeah, and they had the Aboriginal Cricket Tour of England. Yeah. So this commemorated the first Australian cricket team to tour England yeah. way back in 1868, mm. and it was by an Aboriginal cricket team. Yeah. And the manager was Mark Ella, the famous rugby player who we spoke about in our early episodes. Yeah. Yeah, he was their manager. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember watching a documentary about it and Really interesting. Mm. And they had the Bicentennial Gold Cup Soccer Tournament. So this involved four nations. So there was Australia, uh, Saudi Arabia, who were the Asian champs, 
Argentina, they were the world number one. So they were the World Cup holders at the time. And Brazil. And I remember Australia was playing Argentina and Charlie Yankos, the Australian player, scored this stunning long-range goal in their 4-1 upset over Argentina. But the final was um, Brazil defeated Australia in the final 2-0. That was a really spiteful... Oh, heaps of fights and... Yeah. Yeah. Now, Eddie the Eagle, Britain's Eddie the Eagle. Do you remember him? Yeah. At the Calgary Winter Olympics and the ski jumping? Yeah. Yeah, there's a movie made about him as well. Yeah. Yeah. But, geez, you've got to have a lot of courage to go down those bloody ski jumps. Oh, Oh, gosh. (laughs) But but even watching those half pipes... Yeah. Like the way they, they they go off and then come up into the air oh, and yeah. just come back down. Yeah. You're so, so precise you'd have to be because mm. if, you, if you did a slight different move, you wouldn't come back down. And yeah. You'd wipe yourself out. Yeah, well, um, yeah, he, he was like, you know, <laughs> miles behind all the other competitors, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. And... Yeah, he just went in it. It was all about competing to him. He yeah. knew he wasn't going to win, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, it's good. Have you ever seen that movie, Eddie the Eagle? Nah, yeah, no, not really. Sports <laughs> yeah, that's no, another one. It's worth seeing. Yeah. I think we might have mentioned it in our, um, you know, when we did the episode of the yeah, about sporting, sporting movies. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think we brought it up. Yeah. Um, okay, we're up to the quiz answers now. So, let's see how you went. So, question number one. What was the name of the female sailor who became the first woman to sail solo non-stop around the world? And the answer is Kay Cotty. Yeah. Now, now, when you think about around the world, yep. you're thinking about, okay, if I get in the Kuwait, yeah. I just followed it around. Yeah. That's around the world. Yeah, it doesn't work out but that way, does you've it? Got, you've got to go up, <laughs> yeah. up to the North Pole here, back down, then around this part, then down yeah. to the South Pole. Yeah. How is that? That's all over the world. That's right. Well, around the world, the world is round. You go yeah. around it. Well, they've got to go... Um, yeah, like they can't do what the, sh- the ships do, you know, go through the Suez Canal and yeah. get trapped like that one did last week. <laughs> the, boat, yeah. the Panama Canal. Yeah. yeah, they've got to go down underneath the bottom of Africa yeah. and then that Southern Ocean, yeah. that's just the most fierce ocean in the world, yeah. you know. Like just surviving that's Herculean. Yeah. yeah. So that was incredible effort by her. Uh, question two, what was the name of the Aussie golfer who won a playoff against American Fred Couples to win the $1.5 million Bicentennial Classic at Royal Melbourne? It was Roger the Dodger Davis. Yeah. Yep. So so that, that $1.5 million these days would be chump change. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be nothing today. Yeah. But, uh, oh, yeah, they had Jack Nicholas out here and you name it, you know, all the superstars. And, 
Yeah. He, he was a good player, Roger Davis, you know. He didn't win a major, but, geez, he went close mm-hmm. a couple of times. Uh, third question. Aussie boxing legend Jeff Fennick won his third world title in 1988 when he defeated Victor Collegius of Puerto Rico. What WBC weight division did he win this fight in? Was it A, bantamweight, B, middleweight, or C, featherweight? So so what's the difference? Well, it's a weight, how much they weigh. Yeah. But when you think of featherweight, you think of feather yeah. from a bird. <laughs> well, it's the weight divisions, you know. They've got to be yeah. a, between a certain weight. So bantam weights so it might be 64 to yeah. 72 kilos. Oh, and yeah. yeah. Yeah, so the answer was featherweight. So I wonder if the sumo wrestlers had weight divisions. Yeah, good question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know, they're just big units, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Well, he, with uh, Jeff Fennick, his first world title was in the bantamweight division. I know that. Yeah. Yeah, but he won uh, three world titles. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, just a star. I love Jeff yeah. Fennick. Yeah. yeah. You know, he should have won that fight. He got robbed against Azuma Nelson, but... You know, can't do anything about it now. Yeah. Yeah, that was one one that he was robbed from. And Yeah. Question four, boxer Iron Mike Tyson knocked out which boxer in 91 seconds in the world heavyweight title? And the answer was Michael Spinks. And both were undefeated going into that fight. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So... Yeah, we're going to do the draw. Yeah, <laughs> I don't we'll know draw. what years are left now. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we, might, we might have to go into... I think we might even step back further. So we yeah. both do some research, even though we were only younger. Yep. We might go to the year I was born. Yeah. 1967. That's a good idea. And we I'll do 1971. Yeah. And yep. we, can, we can talk about, even though we were only born in those years, we can talk about yeah. what happened in that year. Mm. That's a great idea. Yeah. yeah. Go right back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah so up see what happens. Okay. Yeah. No, that'd be interesting, mate. Yeah. Mm. So thanks for joining us for this episode of Paul's Sporting Memories. Please check out our Facebook for posts of my sporting memories. Thanks to Gold Studio Productions for producing Paul's Sporting Memories. And please check out Gold Studio Productions on Facebook. So it's a goodbye from Paul. And it's a goodbye from Glenn. Goodbye. Hey. <laughs>